and welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show where we eat food and tell you all the stories. Mm. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, What If I Told You podcast. Look us up on Instagram at What If I Told You pod. We would love to have you follow. We post some good shit on there that pertain to our episodes. That's right. It's popping. And, uh, you know, our email, if you want to, you know, talk to us or tell us a story or send us a picture of your dog or your cat is what if I told you podcast at gmail.com. Hit those up, people. Okay. So today, um, in the breakfast nook, we actually had Casey's breakfast pizza. Oh my gosh, the highlight of my week. Yes, uh, we've talked about it numerous times. Mm-hmm. And today we finally figured it the fuck out and got some Casey's breakfast pizza. It was time. You know, I just don't, Casey's isn't my go to gas station. Me either. And the problem is, when I go to Casey's, I know I'm going to purchase a slice of pizza. I don't want an entire Casey's pizza. No. Just the slices. Their slices are much better than their whole pizza. It must be that they sit in that little rotator for just hours. Yeah, something about that is a magical Uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And their breakfast pizza... Well, it's, I mean, well, they just have sausage and bacon. Yes. I prefer the sausage over the bacon. Me too. But we both had a slice of sausage. We split a slice of bacon. And it was glorious. It's so good. It represents all of the breakfast food groups. It does. You got eggs, sausage, bacon, bread, cheese. What more can you ask of from a Yeah, and two pizza? types of cheese. Yes, you've got your mozzarella, I'm not Italian, <laughs> <laughs> on the top, and you have your, like, cheddar cheese sauce. Whatever that is. On, as your, like, instead of pizza sauce. Oh, it's just superb. It's so good. If you've never had Casey's breakfast pizza, and there is a Casey's in your area, you should definitely... Get your hands on a slice. If you have to drive two states over to a Casey's, do it. Yeah, it'll be a fun road trip. Um, It'll be safe. You won't have to fear the infection. Um, You know. Yeah. Just get in your car, drive to a Casey's, get a slice of pizza. Yeah. Preferably breakfast pizza, which they don't have out all day. Right, right. But they typically have it out until probably 10 or 11. Yeah, definitely like 10, 10.30. Yeah. You're safe. Yeah, and I really needed that Casey's breakfast pizza this morning because I am at the tail end of the last book of the Harry Potter series, so I am extremely emotionally unstable at the moment. I honestly have no idea how you actually, like, put it down and came because you were, like, at the cusp, like, so much shit. I know. It's crazy. Like, 
you reading it and, like, texting me, it, like, makes me remember when I read it the first time. Mm-hmm. This was July 2007. <laughs> I had just turned 17, about to be a senior in high school. I read it in one sitting because I'm a goddamn psychopath. <laughs> and actually all of the last, let's see, the fifth, sixth, and seventh books I read in one sitting. Um, cause I got them at midnight at the mm-hmm. release and I just sat and read them all. Well, when I was reading the Deathly Hallows, I'm sitting in my room. My parents are having a, like a fucking party in our house. <laughs> and I had been reading for multiple hours. I was about halfway through and they're just being loud as fuck. And I walk Rude. out of my room. I have not slept. I look like I've been on a bender I'm so pale that dark circles are very obvious. And I just walk out and I'm like looking at my parents and all their friends. And I'm like, what the fuck? Can you not? (laughs) And then I remember, spoiler alert, whenever I read that Fred died, I was the most devastated. That's the first. Now, a lot. So many people die. Mm. The only one that I read and I literally just, like, closed the book and walked out of my room was Fred. Like, I just don't understand why that had to happen. The the Weasleys had to lose a kid. They had to lose a a family member. It just would have been. Like, I'm sorry, bringing Percy back into the picture and then killing off Fred. Bad move. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it is what it is. I am going to finish it um, because we are hosting a movie seven marathon this evening at my home. Maddie's, are you still making butterbeer? Yo, dude, I've already made a list. Caden is stoked. He told his entire class yesterday that he's having butterbeer today. Oh, that's so cool. I know. And uh, then yesterday we were talking about Valentine's cards because they're going to do them and then we're going to take it to the school so then the teacher can make little Valentine's bags for us to then pick up so they can open them all together. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to buy Valentine's cards because the thing that's in that year is typically already sold out. You can't find it anywhere. Yeah. And I was thinking, ooh, I bet there's this game that kids play called Among Us. I'm okay. sure you've seen it. Anyways, I was like, ooh, that would be really cute Valentine's cards. And I called him in, I asked him, and he thought about it, and he was like, Harry Potter. And so I bought him his little Harry Potter Valentine's last night on Amazon. And it's just very adorable. He's still reading his book one illustrated version. Gorgeous book. And the other day, when I was reading um, the events leading up to the wedding in the last book, Mm -hmm. Jameson came in. I'm in my room. You know, he brings all of his worldly possessions into my room and gets on the bed. And he asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm reading Harry Potter. And he wanted me to read it to him. So I start... And I... I like reading out loud to my children, but also 
short stories because reading out loud takes so much longer than reading in your head. Yeah. So I end up reading like like six or seven pages of Harry Potter out loud to Jameson. <laughs> and I'm like using British accents and he's like cracking up and it was just adorable. That's so amazing. And honestly, like reading the first book, my teacher, when I was in fourth grade, so I was like nine, uh, my teacher read us the first book. And because awesome. we did, he was the best teacher. His name was Mr. Brindle. Lauren and I were in the same fourth grade class. That's how we met. Oh. And um, he was the best. God, I loved, he was such a good fucking teacher. And he would, we would do like reading rug every day mm-hmm. and he would read for 30 minutes or whatever. And we did Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and he did a different voice for every character. That's and it awesome. was the best. It's the reason why I then had to go to the library and like check them out myself. It was like the fucking best. It was, like, as I kept reading, obviously I don't go around talking in a British accent. (laughs) And while I think British accents are probably the easiest to do. They are. I agree. With an American accent. Mm -hmm. After a while, um, it kind of starts changing. And towards the end there, I was sounding very Australian. (laughs) I was like, we have to stop. Yeah. But, yeah, it was cute, and he was, like, totally into it, and usually, you know, they want to see pictures, and I was just reading it out of your book, but he was just straight up just, like, staring at the pages and looking at my face, and I was like, this is the longest you have ever sat through a book. Yeah. So weird. It's probably but, the it's probably the voice. Yeah, and that, Keegan was like getting ready in our room, just like looking at me and laughing because my accent was sliding. <laughs> I was like, I have to stop. <laughs> That's so funny. Like my sister is reading; she's been reading Harry Potter to her three kids because for all of like my three siblings, all have kids, and for birthdays and Christmas, I always get them books in addition to like clothes and toys or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I always get them books and I like to pick series for them. So all three families have the Harry Potter books, Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, and I just started on Narnia. So I'm going to get them all the Narnia books. The youngest, Owen, he only has the first three Harry Potters because I got him the illustrated versions Mm -hmm. and the other kids got the regular version. So Keegan's going to have to buy me a Harry Potter set. You can find, like, a box set of the original bindings on Amazon for, like, really, really cheap. Yeah, I, I mean, I already know that I'm going to read it again. Yeah. Um, It's the most rereadable series. Well, and I feel like, like, there's been many books that I've read twice because I feel like when you're reading it the first time, kind of like when you're watching a movie, you're just wanting to hit those main points and you're not like soaking in all the details Mm -hmm. and obviously with harry potter there's a lot of details a lot of easter eggs so yeah i'm really excited to watch the movies tonight and so is caden because he's been waiting for me to finish and i was like that's adorable dude it the last two movies are much more epic because obviously because they split it and did two movies which they were the first series to do this they set the tone and then freaking twilight don't even i can't even 
but they're so good and it seems slow Mm -hmm. because it's setting you up for part two. But if you've read the book, it's not slow. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot happening. I mean, there is a lot, but there's not a lot. It's yeah. It's all building. It's like a tension building situation. Do they do a good job with getting a lot of the stuff in the two movies that's in the book? It's the closest to the book. I think of all the movies, Deathly Hallows parts one and two are the closest. Okay, good. There are a few things, minor things that they changed that I kind of wish they wouldn't have, but the main highlights are all there. And there are a couple of scenes that you haven't gotten to yet that are fucking the most epic, and they (laughs) nail it. The wi- I will just say that in the Battle of Hogwarts, like the women show up and show out. Okay, like they're they're the heroes of the show. It's the best. I've I've just this is why I've been putting off reading book seven for so long. Is I absolutely hate ending a series. I hate it. It's the worst. I hate having a book hangover. And now that I'm about to be done, I just feel like there's a lot to take in, really. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be awesome. We'll, uh... Emily's going to get a HP tattoo. And it's non-negotiable. You know, Maddie eventually is going to bully me into getting a tattoo, and (laughs) I mean, I am almost 27 years old. I can certainly make these decisions by myself. Yeah. Well, it's once you get one, you're going to be like, then I want to get this, and then I'm going to get this, and then this would look cool too, right? Should I get this? Maybe I'll get this too. My mom's going to hate this part. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But... You know, decorate your body like you decorate your house. That's true. I had such a fun time building that house on The Sims. (laughs) It, for those of you who don't know, I spent last weekend building. I wouldn't say it's exactly like Maddie would like her future house to be because it's The Sims and I'm extremely limited. But... I went off the principles, the bathrooms, phenomenal. Um, The upstairs has a balcony that overlooks the living room. I was very proud of myself. I have tried to build a balcony like that in The Sims forever, but I can never get it right Mm because it feels very awkward and out of place. Yeah. Um, I downloaded so many new mods for certain items to put in that fucking house. I was like, my game's going to crash. But it is just wonderful. So yeah. just doing all the things lately. Yeah. And well, I mean, I wish I would have never seen the picture of that all black house. Because I I saw this picture like six months ago. Mm-hmm. I cannot stop thinking about this black house. And the thing about... A house like that, you can't just take any house and paint it black. Absolutely not. It has to be built from the ground up. That's that's right. Yeah. That's right. Like, 
I told Dakota, I was like, you know that we're going to have to live in this house until we can build our all black metal house. I mean, why not? Not metal the material, metal as in like death metal house. Yes. Um, that's just, it. it's happened. I've seen the all black house and that that's just how it is. It's that's beautiful. what I have to have. I've never seen one in person. Me either. That's what Dakota said. He's like, we should figure out where that house is, which I did. It's in Tennessee. <laughs> um, it's should, very like, popular. Try to find the owners. Message them on Facebook. Yes. Um, he said we should like actually make like just make a road trip or whatever yeah. and look at this house in person to see because you can do almost anything to a photo and make it look amazing. And so we don't really know what it looks like in person. Right. So maybe it will look shit in person. Who yeah. knows? I doubt it. But um, so we will eventually probably do that. But we still have several years of remodeling on this house before we can sell it anyway. So it's not like. It'll know. happen. I'm going to have an all black house one day. And that's that's my life's goal. And uh, I'm going to be talking about it from now until then. I just don't see why it can't happen. You have, you know, lots of time to plan. Yep. I'm a good saver. There you go. We have a house to sell in order to finance a new house. There you go. Um, yeah. I'm not one of those people that has to, like, buy new things a lot. Like, a lot of people, like, trade up their cars a lot mm-hmm. and always want a new car. Like, that's – I don't care about that. Right. I'm about to pay off my car, and I'm going to keep it until it's dead. Right. So, I don't have expensive hobbies. Like, reading and writing are basically free. <laughs> so well, that's true. That's my, true. My hobbies are cheap. I don't have, like, expensive needs. Yeah, I mean y- – you're not materialistic. That yeah, that's true. Unless and it's a black house. That's it. That's, that's all. my that's my one thing. <laughs> so So I guess moving on, that was the breakfast nook, the Harry Potter Harry chat. Potter nook. And Chip's corner today is in regards to our question. Why are so many people born in January? And um, we were kind of right. April. April is typically Easter month. Yeah. So, I mean, apparently Easter is like one hell of an aphrodisiac because people be being born in January like nobody's business. I mean, it's just like early October babies. It's the New Year's Eve thing. Mm -hmm. But also April is kind of the month whenever it starts to like get warmer. That's true. Maybe people are traveling. Maybe people are doing more traveling. Picnicking. They're doing it outdoors, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I was born in April. So April's a good month. I was born in July. So that's like, thanks, I'm a Thanksgiving baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all that pie, man. I know. I mean, how else are you going to like work off that food you ate? 
Nobody's going to do lunges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That That's amazing. Okay. Thanks, Chip. Um, we are clearly very lazy and didn't want to look up that very easy thing to figure out on our own. have been like, hey, Siri. Oh, shit. She's going to answer you if you don't watch out. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks, also, Chip. Thanks, Chip. Um, mail time. This is a huge shout out to my sister-in-law, Brianna, and friend of the pod, Kelsey. Yes. Both of them unsolicited decided randomly decided to share the show on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they have a bunch of friends that we're not friends with on social media. Right. And it just it was such like an awesome surprise to just see a random post like sharing our shit. And then I'm pretty sure Cheyenne shared Kelsey's post. Mm-hmm. I noticed after Brianna's and Kelsey's that I would get notifications that people started following the Facebook page. And mm-hmm. there were people that I had no idea who they were. Yeah. So sharing that stuff, like, t- it takes one minute of your time. Yeah. And I am a huge person that I have quite a few friends who create things and I'm always trying to share their shit no matter what it is. Right. Because it does so much. It really does so much. Like you have no, honestly, until you are someone who's trying to create something, you have no idea how much that helps. Yeah. And like last weekend is when we like breached the 1000 downloads which was a huge like Dallas and Brianna were actually here oh when yeah it they were. and so it was just like really cool because they were really excited they've been listening to the show like from its inception we were tracking it for like the whole day and I told them like we were really close and Dallas he was like we have to cheers whenever <laughs> it happens so like we did and it was fun but yeah, that was so, a good night. It's a really good feeling. And that seems so small in the grand scheme of things, but we started in November. Yeah, yeah. Like, episode one came out November 2nd, I think? Yeah, yeah November 2nd. So, it's all thanks to everyone who's sharing our stuff and, you know, listening, because we really are, like, sp- I think we're in... We have downloads in every state except eight states, Mm -hmm. and we're killing it in the UK. Yep. Apparently, British people are into our show. That's that's pretty pretty cool. I feel like in my past life, I was British. Yeah. So it's it's awesome. It's It's really cool to see and track. It's incredibly surreal, and like we're just two Midwestern people, like. We research the show on our own. We write the show. We edit the show. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have any producers or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we're so not outsourcing for anything Literally, yeah. The, the artwork and the music we've had done for us because we have awesome friends right. in Haley and Ariel. But, like, everything else 
we do ourselves. So to be purely independent creators and have downloads over a thousand is crazy. Hell yeah, dude. So that's awesome. And our topic today is a request. It is. It's from Whitney. She sent us an email that we talked about back in episode six when we talked about Nexium. And she recommended cryptids in general, mm-hmm. but specifically Bigfoot, which is what we're talking about today. Hell yeah. Bigfoot! I think I wouldn't want to smash like all cryptids in one episode. No, no. So we might as well start off with Bigfoot. I think everyone knows who the fella is. Yes. Um, And we're just gonna, this will probably be a shorter episode. Maybe, but we've said that before. We've said that so many times. We're just really <laughs> passionate about this stuff, okay? And we're just chatty. We're we're chatty, you know. I mean, we do talk all the time, but this is really the only time we see each other in person outside of Harry Potter movie viewings. So uh, this is where we're at. Yes. Especially because, like, we're used to, we used to work together, like, seeing each other every single day. Yeah, it's very unnatural for us not to be together for nine hours a day. Yeah. And once that stopped, I think it just, like, a dam kind of breaks. Yeah. And that's just where we're at. So we're like, you know what, let's just start a fucking podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. Alrighty, so... I like all of the different names that Bigfoot has gotten. Sasquatch. I put Sam Squanch in here because it's from Trailer Park Boys, and that's, like, one of my favorite episodes. I think it's in season four. Um, (laughs) They're all watching this, like, Discovery Channel show about Sasquatch, and they... uh, Bubbles calls it a Sam Squanch, and Ricky calls it a Saskatchewan, (laughs) which is actually a place. Not an animal. <laughs> uh, so if you've never seen Trailer Park Boys, you should watch it because it's hilarious. Isn't Trailer Park Boys a Canadian show? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, they're Canadian. So they eat a lot of pepperoni. Those Canadian shows, Trailer Park Boys, Shit's Creek, Keegan's been watching Letterkenny. Letterkenny. And figure it out. He really, really enjoys it. I haven't watched it. Dakota and I watched... Probably, like, three or four seasons of Letterkenny. It's hilarious. Lauren binge-watched the entire season of Letter... Series of Letterkenny in, like, a week. <laughs> she loves it. Letterkenny is what you... Is for advanced Canadian show watchers. Because it's very, very jargon-heavy. Like, so much Canadian slang. So if you aren't used to watching Canadian TV... It would be hard to follow. You know my heart belongs in Canada, so we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) You did get Keegan a shirt that says (laughs) pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, man. Um, So, Bigfoot. We've heard about him our entire lives. Yes. I say him. Bigfoot could be a female. Um, if there are many, there has to be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume there's many. There's definitely not just been one 
Bigfoot since the first Bigfoot sighting. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe the lifespan of these things is 500 years. Who knows? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get into it. We're going to talk about some legends. And at the end, we'll tell you what we really think about Bigfoot. Yes. So, let's just start off with what is a Bigfoot? Yeah. Um, Bigfoot is, you know, an ape-like creature um, that inhabits North America. Mm-hmm. And... It's mainly been categorized as folklore in both Canada and the U.S. Yes. Um, I mean, we would definitely say Bigfoot is a myth. Yeah. So I definitely understand how cryptids especially travel through folklore over time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But most scientists have discounted the existence of Bigfoot um, Mm -hmm. as a combination of folklore and misidentification and hoaxes Mm -hmm. because sometimes, you know, people take things like Bigfoot and try to... They they want their 15 minutes and they'll, like, fake a Bigfoot photo or whatever Mm -hmm. or a video, you know. So, but there is a fringe, there is a fringe subculture that believes in the existence of Bigfoot, obviously. As you should have guessed. And these supporters are called cryptozoologists, cryptozoologists. Yep. And they refer to Bigfoot as a cryptid. Yeah, I think I did not look up the origin of the term cryptid. So, I don't know if the cryptozoologists named themselves the cryptozoologists and then created the term cryptid, or um, I'm not really sure where the term comes from. Yeah. I did define the term as an animal or creature whose existence has not been substantiated through science, but I didn't actually look up its origin. Yeah. So... There are obviously some other cryptids, and I think eventually we'll probably do an episode on all of them. Oh, yeah. Um, The Yeti. Yes. And this is part of Himalayan folklore and refers to a monstrous man-like snow creature, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. This is the word I have never been able to say without sounding like an idiot. Abominable. (laughs) <laughs> snowman. I have to say it very slow. Yeah. Abominable snowman. And this is sometimes interchanged with Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of like the snowy version of Bigfoot. Yeah. And I love seeing like the Yeti and like kids shows. Yeah. And in uh, Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that part of the movie. I actually think... Aesthetically speaking, the Yeti is more attractive to me. Yes. The snow. It's just... The the long white hair. The long hair. He looks a little more majestic. That was exactly the word I was going to use. I feel like he also doesn't smell like a Bigfoot probably is really smelly. (laughs) (laughs) Probably right. (laughs) So then we have the Loch Ness Monster. Love... Some Loch Ness Monster stories. Aw, Nessie. 
and the Chupacabra, the Jersey Devil, and the Mokili Mbembe. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I believe that is part of African folklore. Yes. I've heard it mm-hmm. before. Um, so, you know, we'll get into those in later episodes, but they fall in the category of cryptids. Yeah. And, um, you know, most of the evidence of Bigfoot is made up of videos, photos, audio recordings, which audio recordings are kind of eh, because, I mean, I could, I could create an audio recording right now and say, this is Bigfoot. Right, exactly. Um, so then, of course, we have those casts of those huge footprints. Um, and, of course, eyewitness sightings. Right. And there's a lot of them. There is. And I, I think, obviously, all of these different types of evidence could certainly be faked. And all of them have been faked. Mm-hmm. You know, as as true crime aficionados like ourselves, we know that eyewitness testimony is never solid right you know your brain plays tricks on you your brain fills in gaps with things that aren't there so um clearly very fallible yeah i mean of course there could be real sightings of this creature that we don't really know if it exists or not um But you have to think about with the media and over time and the attention that a Bigfoot eyewitness would get Mm -hmm. if they went on the news or something like that. So, I mean, most of that has been labeled as a hoax. Yes. Yes. But, you know, I am always down for a Bigfoot episode on the History Channel. (laughs) I've actually never watched... Like, what's that show? Um, Finding Bigfoot is like a series. Oh, yeah. that w- I've never watched more than a few episodes, but that shit's intense. I've never watched. I think I've probably watched like five minutes of that show. But it just seems, it feels scripted to me. So, I don't know if it yeah. is, but. I was about to say something, but I'm going to save it for the end. Okay. So, so how did the legend of Bigfoot begin is what we are all asking. Well, in 1958, journalist Andrew Ginzoli, he was a writer for the Humboldt Times. He received a letter from a reader and decided that it was a fun little thing to publish, that it would be a nice little story folklore story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this letter talked about a mysteriously large footprint discovered in Northern California by loggers. And uh, Gonzali joked that, quote, maybe we have a relative of the abominable snowman of the Himalayas. So clearly the Yeti myth or folklore had been around for quite some time at this point. Right. So, Consoli was not taking this letter seriously. Mm-hmm. He was 
simply publishing it because he thought it was, like, funny. Right. Which I get it. Well, he was surprised that that the letter was so fascinating to his readers. Yeah. So he and a fellow journalist, Betty Allen, published follow-up articles on the loggers and the footprints and reported the name Bigfoot, which hmm. is what the loggers had called this creature because of the size of the footprints, obviously. Right. And um, that is how the legend of Bigfoot actually was born. So it hasn't been around that long at all. Yeah. So the Bigfoot specifically hasn't been around that long, but uh, we'll talk about it a little later. There were stories and myths for a really long time about, like, a wild mountain right. man, wilderness man creature from, like, Native Americans and all this stuff. So it, it does go back, but the actual Bigfoot... The Bigfoot. ...is 1958. So the story spread to other papers all over the country, and the TV show Truth or Consequences offered a $1,000 prize to anyone who could prove Bigfoot existed. So, (laughs) in the late 50s and early 60s, $1,000 is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, today I would try to prove that Bigfoot exists for $1,000. Yeah, I can buy a lot of shit for $1,000. Yeah, I can find some hairs out in the woods and a footprint for $1,000. Like, yeah, give me a few hours. Yeah. So it also should be noted that the footprints found by the loggers that were considered the first, quote, evidence have since been revealed to have been a prank by logger Ray Wallace. This did not come to light until 2002. Man, Ray had the laugh of a fucking lifetime then. He had the kind of dedication to keeping a secret that you rarely see. Prank war champion. Prank war champion right here. <laughs> Polly D, you have stiff competition. <laughs> <laughs> but there were also like many different stories of large, wild, man-like creatures all over the world. And in Canada, the stales... I think is how it is pronounced. It's S-T-S apostrophe A-I-L-E-S. First Nation people have stories of the Sasquets, which theoretically is where the term Sasquatch comes from. There's a lot of s happening and it's really throwing me off. So the Stales First Nation... They had stories of the Sasquets, and this turned into the term Sasquatch. Good Lord. That was rough to get out. So their stories were very similar, large, wild, hairy, man-like creature, you know, biped. Right. So that was going on in Canada. So the term Sasquatch is Canadian, much like the term Sam Squamch, which finds its origins in Nova Scotia in the Sunnyvale trailer park. Okay, so um, 
Yeah, that is the origin of the Bigfoot legend specifically, and a little bit on the Sesquet. That one, I think, is correct. Sesquet. Yes. Jury's still out on whether I pronounced the First Nation correctly. Hey, uh, I know we have Canadian listeners. Yes. So please correct us. Um, I just tried to Google the pronunciation of those First Nations people. Could not find a solid answer. Um, right. So just correct us. We'd love yes. to know. Yes. If you are a First Nations people, please correct us on the pronunciation. I I really wanted to nail it, and I just uh, couldn't. We couldn't figure it out. Couldn't no. find it. Nope. So... Anyhow. Anyways. So now we move on to what does the FBI know about this? Yeah. Since 1976, the FBI has actually maintained a file on Bigfoot, of course. Yep. Why wouldn't they? Um, That year, Peter Byrne who was the director of the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition in Oregon, sent the FBI 15 hairs attached to a piece of skin. Gross. Gross. Um, Byrne could not identify what kind of animal it came from, and he hoped that the FBI would be able to analyze it. Byrne was, at this time, one of the most prominent Bigfoot researchers out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this dude had some brains. And, you know, in the world of Bigfoot research, he was credible. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Cochran Jr., who was the assistant director of the FBI's Scientific and Technical Services Division, wrote back to Byrne that he couldn't find any evidence that the FBI had analyzed suspected Bigfoot hair and that they usually examined evidence related to criminal investigations, obviously, but that... Exceptions were sometimes made, quote, in the interest of research and scientific inquiry. So I would say that could fall under scientific inquiry. And Cochran also said that he would make this exception for Byrne. So that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that he was probably like, you know what? If this chunk of skin and hair can be found... To be, even if it's not Bigfoot, if it's a new species that's right. been discovered, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And he's like, I want to be a part of it if this is literally a new undiscovered species of something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So in early 1977, Cochran sent the hair back to burn along with his scientific conclusion. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be the hair from some species of deer. And it was not that of Bigfoot. Oh, man. Damn it. So close. But Bigfoot believers take the existence of FBI files as a de facto admission by the FBI that Bigfoot does, in fact, exist. Of course. Uh, I mean, we know that there's shit covered up all the time. Of course. We've talked about this at nauseum. 
Yes. On aliens. If it is not human and current, they don't want us to know about it. Of course. Maybe Bigfoot is genetically engineered. He could have been an experiment that went really wrong. Yes. And like the escaped. Roswell crash. Yeah. It, it could be like a real life monster and Frankenstein scenario. So. Everyone's seen Jurassic Park. See? Yes. Jurassic Park. You cannot. You can't not believe it. <laughs> In other words, you have to believe it. Yes. There you go. Um, however, there weren't ever investigators sent to look in person, and Cochran was really just doing burn a solid and running some tests. Yeah, I mean, running some DNA on skin and hair probably took no time for them to do. At all. And it probably took, like, it, it probably was not a big deal at all, and he was just like, you know what? This guy took the time to send this to me. I'll just do I'll just do it. And if it turns out to be an undiscovered species, I'm going to get some credit mm-hmm. and probably get to move up in some ranks in the FBI. Yeah. So this could possibly be a win-win for us. Right. So that's what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely. It's very self-serving, but also helping out this other guy. Yeah. So, Byrne is actually in his 90s now, and it's interesting because he doesn't really recall receiving the response from the FBI that the hairs were from a deer. Mm-hmm. Um, Byrne had been out of the country, and the response was sent to the executive VP of the Academy of Applied Science, which was associated with Byrne's Bigfoot organization. Right. So... A lot of people think that the letter that was sent back to Byrne saying, hey, this is from a species of deer, isn't actually real and it was fabricated. Because when you look this up, you can see the paper that says the DNA analysis or whatever. And so there are Bigfoot believers that point to that as being faked. Yeah. Because... Byrne doesn't remember getting it, and now he's in his 90s, so, I mean, he probably could have received it back in the 70s and just not remembered. Yeah. But it sounds like he just didn't receive it. Right. This other guy received it and didn't pass it along or whatever. The chain of evidence was broken. Yes. Clearly. So, when the FBI files were released in 2019... Burns' inquiry made up most, if not all, of the file. And Byrne reacted as though he had never heard of the hair being deer prior to that release. So that goes back to why does he not remember? Like, that's a big thing mm-hmm. to not remember. Yeah. Because I listen and I I love it. I love listening to old people talk mm-hmm. about their childhood or being young parents. And when you listen to the older generation talk, they are very detailed. Yeah. When you hear a story about something they did when they were nine years old, they remember all of it. Mm -hmm. Which is always crazy to me. 
I can't remember what I did five months ago. Yeah. I I mean, I have a tendency to remember shit. Um, certain conversations I will remember almost verbatim that I've had with people. It's so, it's weird how the memory works. Yeah. I don't know. But I have one of those memories. Yeah. Which is also why I'm like severely afraid of getting Alzheimer's or dementia. I, f- I would be devastated. Well, and it's just, I personally don't remember a whole lot from my childhood. I'm not saying I don't remember my childhood, but I can only recall a handful of specific memories. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what my overall childhood was like and what I did and where I was. But other than a few memories, I, I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. And it's funny because I think about, like, I wonder if Caden and Jameson will remember, like, being in a pandemic when they're older. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I mean, I feel like for sure Jameson won't remember. He's only four. Yeah. I It, it just depends on what kind of memory they have. I think also maybe part of it is like consciously running through your memories like I've always been a reflector so even when I was little after something notable happened to me I would like later like think about it multiple times yeah I and I do that still to this day I will like at the end of the day recall the events of the day and the conversations I had with people it's just a weird busy thing my brain does yeah that could be why I remember like I have memories of as far I think as far back as being like three it's very specific memories of like where I was at three like Christmas when my great-grandma still lived in Buffalo the way her house smelled, I can still, like, recall it. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it is very weird how the mind works because I just, I don't know. Keegan can't remember shit. Yeah. Ever. He Did, also fell off a deck when he was, like, 10 years old. Yeah. But. Dakota has a really good memory. For, like, most I, things. I feel like I have a good memory. But then I think about it and I'm like. Maybe I don't. I don't know, no. man. Maybe start, like, at the end of the day, like, retelling yourself what just happened to you. See, here's my thing with that. I 100% think about everything that happened in my day once my day is coming to a close. Mm-hmm. If you were to come up to me and ask me about it, unless I want to talk about it, it is so hard for me to, like, put the words together to explain my day to someone. Like having a dream? Yes. Like it's there, but I think I'm so mentally exhausted that I don't want to repeat that back to anyone. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know how to tell them. Yeah. So I think it's my mind's way of like, hey, that wasn't really important. We're just going to tuck that back here. Yeah. And we'll come back to it if we ever need to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely weird. But... (laughs) Maybe he's in denial. Maybe. That 
is totally true. Being he, hyped for something. Yeah. And then it coming back and it just being plain old deer hair. Yeah. That would be kind of sucky. It would be. It would be really sucky. And it could be like subconscious denial where he wanted it to be real so badly that his brain would not accept that it was deer and not like unidentified. Yeah. Also, did you win the Powerball? I didn't win the Powerball, but motherfucker. But we also had the one that was drawn last night that was the high it was 1 billion. Mm-hmm. The Powerball was like 700 million, I think. Yeah. But uh the one last night I haven't checked. So jury's still There's out. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. <laughs> um this is the first time I've purchased like a lottery ticket. I've never. In I this is the second time I've ever done it in my life. The last time I did it was my friend Callie and I went and bought we each bought one. Mm-hmm. This is before like Dakota was on deployment. I was living with my grandparents, so I was like 20. Mm-hmm. And the the prize was a billion dollars or like 1.2 billion or something really really outrageous. So we went and bought one and we were like we'll split it if one of us wins. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, we didn't win, but I'm, I'm not, a, I don't buy scratchers. I don't either. I think I've bought maybe two scratchers in my life and I've never even won a free ticket off of it. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever purchased a scratcher for myself. Um, and this is the second time I've ever purchased like a lottery ticket. I've never gambled at a casino. It just feels like a waste to me. I have once. My mom and sisters took me to the casino for my 21st birthday. Um, I think my mom gave me 200 bucks to spend. Um, I am not a person to take to a casino because I saw a slot machine with kittens on it. Lost all of my money within like five or ten minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was ridiculous. I am a... I'm naturally a frugal person. So the idea of just putting my money in a machine and just losing it and not having anything to show for it makes me like, ooh, no thank you. No, I, and that's why I don't buy scratchers. Yeah. Like I think about the possibility of winning 20 bucks on a $5 scratcher, which would be super awesome i mean yeah 15 bucks that's pretty sweet but i know i'm not gonna win exactly and i know what people are gonna say well you you gotta play if you want to win right but i i don't have a gambling budget set aside i just <laughs> i just don't yeah so yeah i just never buy scratchers now there's been a few road trips that my sister and i have taken and she likes to when we go through a new state buy a lottery ticket or a scratcher mm-hmm. because I personally feel like nothing winning is going to be sold like that in this town. It's usually like sold in a small town. Yes. Cause the Powerball, I looked it I looked it up and it was sold in a small town in Maryland. The yeah. whole jackpot one ticket. I just feel like it's never been the Midwest. Hmm. I have no, I have no idea if that's, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to it, but yeah. Um, the reason I'm so concerned about this, listeners, is uh, Maddie will spot me um, enough money to buy for a house in cash. 
Yeah. Um, I don't have super high standards when it comes to a house. I am not looking for a matte black 500 bathroom house like Maddie is. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me a four bed. Mm-hmm. Maybe four bath. That's a, yeah. that's a that's a little lavish. See, here's the thing. Uh Dakota and I are not looking to have a huge house either. Right. We are not if we were you guys, we're the likelihood of us winning a billion dollars is like <laughs> 0%. It was just, you know, I just bought the ticket, he bought one and, you know, in the wind it is. But if we were to win a large amount of money, we would not buy a million-dollar house. No, absolutely not. We would buy a $400,000 house. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking to buy four bed, maybe four bath. Give me a fenced yard. I'd like a privacy fenced yard. Mm-hmm. Um, basement for sure. Yeah, we live in the Midwest. Yeah. You gotta have a basement. And, you know, I just want enough money to quit my job. Yeah. That's I, all. I would quit my current job and I would find a job that I really loved. Yes. I am definitely not a stay-at-home person. I get very, like, it, it makes me crazy. When I was working from home for, uh, like, nine weeks or so, it was terrible. Okay, so now we're going to get into the real fun part about talking about Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And this is sightings. And reports of interaction with the Bigfoot. Um, So there's actually, much like whenever we did the alien sightings, you can go to the, there's a website that's all about taking UFO sighting reports. Mm -hmm. And they date them. There's one for Bigfoot, too. Of course there is. Of course there is. Um, so this is the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, and it lists at least one per, one report from every state except Hawaii. So, because how's he gonna get there? He's continental. Um, and Bigfoot clearly has a lot of relatives because they're seen everywhere. Now, this website in particular separates their sightings into classes, kind of like how we split felonies into classes. Um, a class A is a firsthand sighting where there's no possibility of misidentification. Like, they got face-to-face with this guy and saw him. How they know that this is a class A, that this sighting is legit, and no possibility that they could have been misseeing something, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But obviously this website is run by people who believe in Bigfoot, so... Yeah. We have to look at these classes at in the context of they are looking at this as Bigfoot is real. Right. So the class B is less clear sightings, maybe at a distance. Um, maybe they heard Bigfoot. Roar. Roar. <laughs> and um, so it's probably a legit sighting, but... There is some leeway there. Mm-hmm. That's the class B. The class C is usually secondhand or even thirdhand accounts. So my sister saw it or my sister's boyfriend saw it. Yeah. That kind of a thing. Um, so a few examples of the way that they like write this on their website. 
Um, January 2021. Damn. Recent. In Rockbridge County, Virginia, they had a Class B sighting. Possible howls in the Appalachian Mountains, three miles west of Collierstown. Um, so, that's 15 miles southwest of Lexington. Okay. Possible howls. Now, I, I feel like that should be a Class C. Possible howls. In the mountains, you have wolves, probably, coyotes. Yeah. All kinds of other wildlife out there that you could be hearing howl. That I, seems weird to me. I want to know what a Bigfoot howl sounds like. Yeah. I mean. To me, when I think Bigfoot sound, I think, like, fucking, like, grizzly bear type sounds. Hmm. Yeah. I, I also feel like he should talk. Yeah. I feel like... Bigfoot is always portrayed as a humanoid type of creature. Yeah, Obviously, I mean, it's a biped. So, they're walking on two feet. Has anyone seen a Jack Lynx commercial? Exactly. The Jack Lynx guy. I don't know. I feel like it's going to make sounds similar to that of a human. Maybe, like, Chewbacca? Yeah, maybe he's doing Chewbacca. My, my stepdad does a really excellent Chewbacca. <laughs> I'm not going to try it because I can't do it, but... He really sounds like it. It's the best. That's amazing. I'll have to record it and, like, put it on an episode. <laughs> um, so in July of 1991, in uh, Inyo County, California, a Class A interaction. Campers encounter a Bigfoot outside of their tent in North Lake Campground near Bishop in California. Um, so I guess... There's a Bigfoot, like, right outside these people's tent. They probably saw the shadow and... Yikes. Yikes. That was probably a serial killer. Pro I mean, I mean you're, probably. You're in the Pacific North, mm -hmm. the Pacific Northwest. We all know that that's where all the serial killers like to collude. Yeah. So that probably wasn't Bigfoot. That probably was a killer. <laughs> so. Sorry. Especially in 1991. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry to say this, people, but you were almost killed. <laughs> August 2020, in Jefferson County, Washington, again, Pacific Northwest, what the hell? Class B sighting, a rock thrown at a vehicle, plus Class B sighting five miles north of Kielsen. I don't know if that's pronounced correct. Q-U-I-L-C-E-N-E. Kielsen, Quilsen, Quilsini, Quilsini. I like that one best. Quilsini. Um, a rock thrown at a vehicle. See, these just sound so silly to me. Anyone can throw rocks. At I a feel car. like the Bigfoot isn't out there taunting drivers on the highway. No, he's trying to be elusive, so he's not going to draw attention to he's himself. He's trying to just walk around with his arms. Yeah, like this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 2017, Madison County, Florida. Okay, finally, we're out of the Pacific Northwest. Multiple vocalizations and strange activity observed on a rural North Florida property. What this website does not nail is the detail. Mm -hmm. So the one for UFOs, I think it was UFOMO. Yes. Uh, UFOMO. Dot com, they 
would have actual stories for each report. Like, right. Like, the ones that we read on the show, the people were outside, they saw the lights, they caught it on video for 45 minutes and watched it till it disappeared, and there were fighter jets. It was, like, full of detail. Yeah. And these, I literally copied these from the website Mm -hmm. and pasted them in here with their hyperlinks and this is what they're writing for each report no detail whatsoever yeah that's it makes it not believable like (sighs) multiple vocalizations that doesn't tell me shit yeah like, what did it sound like? How long did it happen? How What was strange enough about it to make you not think it was regular wildlife? Yeah. Now, the next one is a little weird for me. Yes. This one is the only one of this list that literally sounds like it could potentially be legit. So, November of 2016 in... Skamania County, Washington, elk hunters knock and have a knock answer huh. back to them. And then they hear a roar vocalization. Their tent is slapped. And this occurs just north of Mount St. Helens. So there's actually a little bit of Everything. back and forth happening here. That's strange enough for them to think this is weird what's going on. Yeah. And to me, some elk hunters probably aren't the type of people to feed into a lot of conspiracy. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time in the woods, so they know what's strange and what's normal. Exactly. So, that one... Questionable. Questionable. So, earlier we talked about how in 1958, when Gonzoli reported on that footprint discovery, that was the first time that the word Bigfoot was capitalized on. Mm-hmm. The stories actually go back much further. Mm-hmm. Reports of wild men and large humanoid creatures have been circulating for quite some time. So over time, stories about Bigfoot entered into oral tradition and became part of regional folklore. The historical record of Bigfoot in the Oregon country begins in 1904 with sightings of a hairy wild man (laughs) um, by settlers in the Sixes River area and the coast range. Similar accounts by miners and hunters follow in later decades. They were seeing some things. They're seeing some shit. And I am trying to like picture what the world was like in 1904. There were certainly crazy people back then as there are now, but I don't know if there would necessarily have been People dressing up like hairy monsters and running through the woods? I don't know. I mean, it could have been... Most people have seen The Village with Joaquin Phoenix. I haven't. What? Yeah. You've never seen The Village? I don't think so. Oh, um, you gotta watch that, dude. It's like a like a scary movie. Yeah, I know. It's very good. I've, I've heard a lot of discussion about it. I just have not taken the time to watch it ever. It is um, very good and weird. Yeah. But I do feel like... In 1904, there are a lot of people probably living in the mountains. They're living, you know, they're living on the land. I know if Dakota lived in the mountains for a while, his beard would be outrageous. His hair would be huge. You know, (laughs) he if he was dressed for mountain weather, he would look bigger. Mm -hmm. 
and his hair would be wild. So he could be yeah, that's true. mistaken for a, quote, wild, hairy man. Yeah, I didn't so think of it that way. I think, here's the thing, the, any sighting of Bigfoot can logically be explained away, probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. UFOs? No. <laughs> UFOs? No. I will <laughs> say, I much more believe in, like, the Loch Ness Monster than I do Bigfoot. Because we don't fucking know what's in the ocean. That's true. Or, or wherever this thing appears. Yeah. Anyways, in 1924, miners on Mount St. Helens claim to have been attacked by giant, quote, apes. And this was an incident widely reported in the Oregon press. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's crazy. Local Native Americans use this event to discuss publicly their own knowledge of Siatko Hirsute. Yes. Quote, wild Indians of the woods and traditions first documented in 1865 by ethnographer George Gibbs. Hmm. I mean, I know a lot of folklore that still exists now, probably relates to a lot of Native American folklore and myths and legends. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can understand why there was a connection there. Mm -hmm. Arguably, the most famous and influential Bigfoot footage is, of course, the 1964 film shot by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin in Northern California. The Bigfoot Walk, which I just did earlier with my arms. Yep. Its depictions have been parodied by many, um, but it has never truly been replicated. I have seen some tidbits of, you know, like shows, like 10 most unexplainable things, and like mm-hmm. the Bigfoot thing is always on there. Yeah, it is. And I've seen people try to even dress up as a Bigfoot and like do the thing, and I can't really get it down. Mm-hmm. So, I will say, obviously, out of all the Bigfoot shit you see, that one's, like, the weirdest. But then you think, very weird how they would have a camera set up right there. I agree. So. (sighs) It's whatever you believe. Mm -hmm. Um, But even with the enhanced image today, it's hard to tell if it's a person in a suit or if it is actually BF himself. Yep. Have I ever seen this? The Independence Day film? Um, I don't know. I watched all, I looked at all these photos and watched all of these clips at one time. So now I'm kind of like, I'm trying to think. Um, so there's also the Independence Day film, and this is a remarkably clear video, and it shows an alleged adult Bigfoot walking through the woods with a cub in tow. Um, The filmmaker and exact location are unknown, and many skeptics claim that there is a telling visible seam of a gorilla suit. Right. And whenever I watched these videos, I think most of these are just photos, Um, but the videos, I don't remember seeing, because I read the caption with this video first, so I was already thinking about the seam of the gorilla suit, and I didn't actually see it but it's also like this says remarkably clear video it wasn't that clear to me 
I'm just waiting for the day, like, someone, like, really captures it on, like, a new smartphone. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It just... The description doesn't match up with what the video actually is, because it is not that clear. But, anyway. Um, October 2012, a group of siblings hiking in the Provo Canyon thought they spotted a bear in the woods and started filming. And then the creature stood up on two legs. The hikers ran, um, abruptly ending the shape, the shaky video. A year later, the siblings launched a Kickstarter campaign to investigate other Utah Bigfoot sightings. I don't, I mean, bears stand up on their hind legs all the time. All the time. Yeah. I mean, even to scratch their back on a tree. Yeah. So, I, I don't know how this could have been then turned into, oh, my God, this was Bigfoot. Right. They probably saw a bear. It stood up. They freaked the fuck out because they thought they were about ready to be attacked. Yes. Um, and that's that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I thought. 2007, hunter Rick Jacobs captured some of the most famous Bigfoot images to date with a camera mounted to a tree in Pennsylvania's Allegheny National Forest. His camera also captured clear photos of bear cubs, offering evidence that the unidentified animal was not your sign. I'm guessing not a bear. But skeptics believe that the animal captured was just a bear that was sick with mange. Oh, that is kind of terrifying. That's, yeah. And mange is super common. Like, really, really common. You see those pictures of, like, polar bears on the melting ice caps, and they're sick because they don't have enough food, and it's too warm for them. I, I could completely see how skeptics would say it's just a sick bear, because they look, the sick bear... Look so different than a healthy bear. They look terrifying. Terrifying. Um, locals in Jonestown, Pennsylvania, were baffled by a footprint measuring 17.75 inches found near a residential home in 1980. According to the Associated Press, the footprint coincided with reports of strange noises and a strong but unusual odor in the area. Now, large footprints are not compelling to me. I mean, it's just, it's just not. I don't know why. Yeah. I just feel like it's so easily faked. Um, so, in 1994, former U.S. Forest Patrolman Paul Freeman claimed he saw a family of Bigfoots. Now, this is where I interjected. What is the plural of Bigfoot? Is it mm. Bigfoots? I can't imagine that Big Feet would... That just sounds unacceptable. <laughs> but Bigfoots also doesn't sound acceptable to my ear either. So I am going to go with the plural of Bigfoot is Bigfoot. That's true. Like the plural of deer is deer. You have a deer and you have multiple deer. You have a Bigfoot. You have multiple Bigfoot. I like big feet. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, that's so like grating when I hear it. 
<laughs> on my ear. Um, you can say big feet. I'm going <laughs> to say Bigfoot as the singular and the plural. Um, claims that he saw a family of Bigfoot in Washington's Blue Mountains. Uh, but the video is sh really shaky and really grainy, but has actually been deemed the real deal by so-called Bigfoot experts. So it's really shaky and grainy. <laughs> course it is you can't see shit in this video <laughs> i'm i don't understand why they call it the real deal because you can't see anything it could literally be anything on this video mm -hmm. i don't know how it's compelling evidence but apparently it is june 2018 a florida woman now this one is just absolute trash a Florida woman reported seeing a creature that looked like, quote, a large pile of soggy grass. I'm sorry. This description is the most silly. What about that screams Bigfoot? N yeah. The, first of all, she's in Florida. There are swamps. Everywhere. Everywhere. It was probably a fucking alligator. Covered, covered in moss. Yeah. And I had many questions. Was it moving? Was it making noise? What made her just instinctively go to the, oh, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> and that it wasn't exactly what it appeared to be. A pile of soggy grass. Oh my gosh. This is just the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. And our last. I enjoy the last one. Yes. The last one occurs Again, in the Provo Canyon in the Utah Hills. So. Okay. If that tickles your fancy at all. Um, so a hiker was walking through the Utah Hills near Provo Canyon in 2012, which I think is the same year of the other ones. Yeah. It's the year oh. I graduated high school, the year my first child was born. It's a big year. It is a big year. <sighs> Damn, 2012 was a good-ass year, though. Maybe Caden's going to be a future Bigfoot researcher. You never know. Big feet researcher. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, he spots a large animal in the woods. And as he approached, the animal stood up on two legs and started throwing rocks at him. Now, supposedly, throwing rocks is a trademark behavior of Bigfoot. Now, I think the throwing rocks at the car one seems silly because if it's driving by on a car, it's not in the territory of the Bigfoot. Right. But when a hiker could be, like, really close to the Bigfoot's lair, mm -hmm. so throwing rocks... Lair. <laughs> I feel like they have a lair. It has to be a lair. It has to be a lair. <laughs> um, this one makes more sense. He doesn't want this hiker to get close to his lair, so he throws yeah. rocks at him to yeah. make him go away. That makes more sense. The car, throwing rocks at cars is silly. That, no. I'm sorry, but I call bullshit on that. So that's our last sighting slash incident slash encounter. Most of them seem simply just silly to me. A few of them. Yeah, a few of them. I mean, people who are generally like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, my first thought was Bigfoot. Like, something was throwing rocks at me. 
Yeah. I don't know what animal can pick up a rock and throw it. Yeah. So I, mean, yeah. I don't fucking know. Exactly. Short of another hunter, hiker in a ghillie suit. Right. I mean, yeah. Which at that point, that is just terrifying. Yeah. Why are you in a ghillie suit in Provo Canyon throwing rocks at hikers? <laughs> <laughs> ghillie suits are so creepy to me. <laughs> if you don't know what a ghillie suit is. Just Google it. First of all, Google it because they're hilarious. But when you see someone in a ghillie suit, like my... Most of the men in my family hunt. Mm -hmm. Dakota is also a hunter. He doesn't have a ghillie suit and he doesn't wear one, but um, it's really like a duck hunting outfit. It's not what you wear to like deer hunt. And most of the men in my family deer hunt. Mm -hmm. Um, So they just wear camo. And my dad and Dakota both bow hunt. They're not as into rifle hunting. Mm -hmm. Because bow hunting is much harder and takes much more skill. I feel like that's much more of a sport. It's much, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ghillie suits are freaking, <laughs> when you see a human in a ghillie suit, creepy as fuck. <laughs> Just walk the other direction. Just don't interact with that person. So, what's happening now with Bigfoot, you ask? You're very curious about this, I'm sure. Native Americans in Oregon have increasingly situated Bigfoot within traditional belief systems as beings with deeply rooted cultural significance. Yes. Tribes in coastal Oregon related Bigfoot to ancient tales of, quote, wild men who lurked near villages and left immense tracks, as described in Clara Pearson's tales from the Nehalem Tillamook. Members of Plateau tribes, such as those at the Warm Springs Reservation, identify Bigfoot as a, quote, stick Indian, a diverse category of potentially hostile beings who stole salmon or confused people by whistling, um, then causing them to become lost. Sightings and stories continue on reservations today, representing a spiritual connection to the pre-contact past and the resilience of indigenous cultural heritage. I thought that was pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, I I think any kind of folklore is interesting mm-hmm. um, because it goes so far back. Yeah. Um, More recently, Bigfoot in popular culture has developed into a series of sports mascots, children's entertainments, and cryptozoological reality shows. A.K.A. Finding Bigfoot. Yep. Um, It has awfully been... Awfully. (laughs) It has also (laughs) been playfully promoted in state legislation and celebrations. Weird. Politicians in both Oregon and Washington have proposed bills to protect the creatures from hunters, and hairy humanoids have served as the official state mascots. (laughs) First, as Harrison Bigfoot for Washington Centennial in 1989, and then Sesky the Sasquatch for Oregon Sesquicentennial. Is that how I say it? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Sesquicentennial in 2009. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) So. They're like, 
Oregon and Washington are kind of embracing the... This is why I am so drawn to, like, when I think to myself, if I were to move to another state right now, where would I move? Mm -hmm. It's like that area. Yeah. Yeah. I would really, I think Washington and Oregon are definitely on the short list of places we would move. Mm -hmm. Dakota's automatically drawn to Colorado, which I am not. I love Colorado. But I... Everyone's moving to Colorado. Everyone is moving to Colorado. I would even do, like, Montana. Yeah, Montana and Wyoming are also, like, very cool vibes, I think. And Dakota loves mountains, which is why he initially thinks of Colorado. But Washington, Oregon, they have beautiful landscapes, too. I just... And I love the... The typical weather that occurs in I Oregon. Do too. That's I just do too. what I'm drawn to. Now, one of my very best friends, Brecklin, moved to Oregon years ago. And her mom and her dad and her brother have since moved. I think her dad's out there, but her mom and her brother has since moved out there too. And they love it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I that would definitely be at the top of my list. And especially after reading this. It seems like they have, like, they've embraced the kind of folklore vibe of the Bigfoot myth, and um, that's cool. I yeah, that's I mean, funny and cool. Kind of like how New Mexico embraces yeah, exactly. UFOs. Exactly. I think, yeah, that's very cool. Nothing cool happens here. So, there's that. Yeah. So, I guess this is where we're going to do our final thoughts on the Bigfoot sensation. So, what are your thoughts? Do I believe in what people think of as Bigfoot? No. Do I believe that there is possibly a creature out there? Like a Bigfoot that is very elusive, maybe. Okay. But I think the chances of it not being a known, like, this is a bear, this is a deer, Mm -hmm. you know, a known mammal is very low. I agree. Which is why when it comes to things like the Loch Ness Monster... Yeah. We literally don't know. Most of the ocean has been unexplored. Yeah. And especially with the Loch Ness Monster, you can think, well, think of all the sea creatures that there used to be, you know, before the fucking Ice Age. Mm -hmm. But you can also say the same for land animals. That's true. I think... Now, I'm going to go ahead and say the the bigfoot of popular culture i do not believe in i think that is just not it's not true can't be um i also think it is highly unlikely that with how how large our population is in if it's something that is 
literally been reported, seen in every single state in the United States, how likely is it that it has been a story since the early 1900s and no one has still been able to provide? Because obviously, if it can't just be perpetually alive, if it's right. a mammal, it dies like every other mammal, someone would have come across the remains of a Bigfoot. Yeah, which is why I think it's more probable that maybe every once in a while there's just a fucking ginormous, like, bear or yes. something. Yeah. And like we've said, you see bears standing up on their back two legs all the time. All the time. So I could see why. And you know how big bears look when they yeah. stand. I mean, bears are humongous. You Huge. look at a picture of a bear on their four legs. Yeah, they look big, but they don't look that big. Mm-hmm. But you stand a bear up. Like, I know most people have probably been to a museum of natural history at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. Those things are fucking humongous. They're huge when they stand on their hind legs. And so I could see why someone taking a nice fucking stroll through the woods, if they see a bear that stands up on their hind legs, could be like, holy shit, I saw Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know if a bear is necessarily going to instinctually roar at them. Or if they're going to maybe stand up to assert some dominance and then, Mm -hmm. like, go on their way because they know they scared the shit out of this person. Yeah. That I can believe. I think it's fun to believe that there are species out there that we have not yet discovered. But the probability of that happening in North America, very low. Especially something that large. Yeah. I mean, especially it's gotten so much attention since... 1958 there are people actively pursuing it they're not just casually encountering it these there are so many people that have spent like burn he's been out there since the 70s like yeah seeking bigfoot if this huge creature that has been seen in all 50 states except hawaii and there are that many people actively seeking it and it still hasn't they haven't produced the remains or body of a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I'm calling. I'm calling it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. it's. I think the Bigfoot is much less believable than the other cryptids could be. I agree. So. I agree. But, you know, when you're done with this, go find the latest Bigfoot documentary out there. Yeah. Give it, give it a watch. It's probably, yeah. at the very least, it's fun. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, this is way more cut and dry for me. I mean, UFOs are pretty cut and dry for me, too, but those are real. Yeah, I mean, just two totally different ends of the spectrum. Totally different ends of the spectrum. Legitimately unexplainable phenomenon with UFOs. Yes. Where the only explanation is it is extraterrestrial. That is, that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's no way we could get tangible evidence that it's not. Exactly. But what we do have with Bigfoot is lots of non-tangible evidence that it's real. Right. So, that's Bigfoot. That's Bigfoot. He had to be done. Of course. Of course. So. Bigfoot is something when I see on... 
the History Channel, the Travel Channel, Animal Planet, late at night, I turn it on to slowly fall asleep to it. Hmm. Yeah. You know, like I said, I very much enjoy myths and folklore. I think they're worth talking about. Um, It's really up to the listener and the person consuming the TV show or the podcast or the article, whether they think it's real or not. So, yeah. What do you guys think? Do you believe in Bigfoot? Do you think it, it could be explained away? What are your thoughts and feelings? We would love to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, once again, big shout out to Haley and Ariel. We love you both dearly. Dearly, dearly. From the bottoms of our little black hearts. And also... Please subscribe to our podcast. Share it with your friends. Yeah. Um, if you listen on Apple, I don't think you can do it anywhere else but Apple. I don't think you can rate a podcast anywhere but Apple. I agree. Which is kind of like sucky a little bit. Yeah, it's weird. But, you know, if you're listening on your Apple podcast app, give us a five star rating. We would love it very much. We really would. Write us a little review. Yeah. So, and if you're listening somewhere else, just make sure to subscribe to us. Yeah. That way you get your little notifications. And of course, follow us on our social channels. Instagram, at what if I told you pod. Facebook, what if I told you podcast. We do have a Twitter Yeah, I created us a Twitter, um, but as we've talked about previously, neither one of us do Twitter. Yeah, we just really needed to grab that. That username? Yes. And the username that it is, is at what if I told you nine. It's fine. It is fine. So we're, we're slowly branching out, um... Being a little more active on our social platforms, because that is, of course, how a lot of people will stay up to date with what we are doing. You can see the pretty little images that we put out there. And uh, yeah, just keep listening, keep sharing, keep rating our friends. We love you. Yes. You guys have been absolutely fucking rock stars. Faux show. For show. Getting that for show. So now we have to go. Um, Maddie has to make butterbeer. Yeah, I have a, a list of items I need to grab. And I'm going to get a massage. Hell yeah. I need to get a massage real bad. Anyways. Very cool. But yeah, guys, that's Bigfoot. Um, we're very glad to be here. We're going to... Um, Go cry and watch Harry Potter now. So, uh, yep, that's that. Yes, um, we super appreciate you stopping by to hang out with us for a little bit. And um, we just ask that you be kind. And stay weird. Okay, bye. Bye.